Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. It's episode 28 of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's, and we continue with Roger Harden. Roger played for Kentucky from 1982 to 1986, and Oscar picks up with Roger with his senior year, which was also Coach Eddie Sutton's first year as the head coach of the Wildcats. The tradition of a University of Kentucky senior night holds dear to every senior, parents, coaches, and fans, and Roger will take you behind the scenes on what is considered to be the most emotional senior night ever at UK. We'll catch up with Roger after his career at UK, including his time in the NBA and life outside of basketball. And we'll get his thoughts on some former personalities around UK at the time, as well as his former teammates, including the Skywalker, Dinner Bell Mel, the Master Blaster, and Baby Magic. And of course, Roger has some fond memories of both Coach Joby Hall and Coach Eddie Sutton, and he also shares his views on the current state of the UK basketball program and Coach John Calipari. I'm Bo Robinson, and if you're not careful, you're going to learn something from Roger Harden. You're going to like Roger Harden, and I hope you enjoy listening to him as much as Oscar and I had talking with him. This is episode 28, part two of Conversations with Oscar Cones, presented by Rafferty's, and we finish up with Roger Harden. What, what was your first impression upon Eddie getting with the team? Well, um, of course, anybody that grew up in that era always remembered uh, Eddie Sutton and the three Basketeers. You know, he had that great uh, Final Four team that actually was uh, in St. Louis when Kentucky won it all. And um, my fear was, uh, some of us, well, he loved big guards. Okay, so that was a big fear, and we knew defensively he was a great man-to-man basketball coach. But he was, coach Coach Sutton uh, came in, and uh, one of his strengths was he. You felt very comfortable around him. Uh, he understood the tradition of Kentucky basketball. Uh, he developed uh, relationships with all of us early, um, and uh, we knew right away that you know he knew the game and going into that season i don't think we were even in the top 20 starting that season how i have no idea but we all vowed that year that we were going to win a national championship it was it was kenny's senior year and um he could have left probably and made more money after he left his his junior year his numbers were big he was a double double guy 23 points 10 rebounds um, but we knew what we were capable of because of what we did our junior year. I mean, we were, we were putting away some really good basketball teams and we had everybody back except for Brett Barrett and Troy McKinley. And, and, and Brett was a part-time starter that year. So we knew we had, we had firepower coming back and we, and we had a chip on our shoulder because we got absolutely no credit nationally that year before the season started. But um, we went 17-1 and that year in the SEC. We got beat in overtime at Auburn. And, um, you know, the unity of the team that was started in 85 just continued to blossom in 86. That was an extremely close basketball team when we see each other. In fact, I just talked to Rob Locke a couple of nights ago and Todd Ziegler. One of our strengths was our unity. And for the first time – since I had been there, Coach Sutton started three guards. He started myself, six one. He started Ed Davener, who was six two, and he and he and he started James Blackman, who was six three, who could jump out of the gym though. And then we had Winston Bennett at six seven, and Kenny played pretty much center at six nine. So it was a different type of an offense. Uh, we played a lot of man to man defense. We spent a lot of time doing that. 
and uh, everybody, uh, we had a very selfless attitude. Uh, it was about winning, and I thought it was a, it was a pivotal year because when you lose somebody like Coach Hall, who had been so connected to our history, that we needed to have a great season for our fans so that they knew that the future could still be bright at the University of Kentucky. So it was, uh, it was a great year. I still talk to Coach Sutton probably three or four times a year. I talked to, to Sean, who I got close to. After my senior year, I had a short stint with the Lakers, the 87 Lakers, who many consider was the greatest team of all time. Got to play for Coach Riley for a little while. Got to play with and be in the locker room with a guy like Magic Johnson and, and Kareem. And um, then came back was after the Lakers got rid of me. I was unofficially on the staff with Coach Sutton. And then the next year, I was on the staff with Coach Sutton. That that tournament run that year. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I, I got to go back to the end of the regular season. Uh, senior night is always emotional. Yes, always has been in Kentucky. Yes, you can get choked up just yes thinking about it. Yes, that particular night that year, many many old timers will say was the senior night of all senior nights with Happy Chandler. Yeah. It was the last time he sang My Old Kentucky Home. Yes. And he wasn't going to do it. And we got we knew Happy Chandler. Happy Chandler, if he would come into our locker room, I'm sitting here talking. Happy would talk to you a little bit about the game, and they were always encouraging. If you had a bad game, they'd come over and encourage you. And we, the rumor was floating that he probably wasn't going to do it, and we went to Happy. Because he'd been in ill health. Yes. Please, if if you can do it. If, if, if there's any way you could you could do it one more time and just you know that voice and the passion he had for the state of Kentucky and the love that he had for Kentucky basketball and of course we had relationships with him but that that is a that is a magical night of course that doesn't happen too often anymore I know we still have those but um, you felt this bond this four-year bond with the with, with the with the fans um, and um, course playing LSU that's always uh that's always a big game as well playing against Dale Brown and we we had beat them twice that year we we beat them on a last second shot down at Baton Rouge and then we had to play them again in the tournament I think we beat them by six or eight the last on our senior year and then we had to play them uh we had to play them again we beat them on another last second shot in the tournament (laughs) and then we drew them they were in our conference uh, in our region as well. We had played Western Kentucky that year, which had a great basketball team in the second game of. The problem was, the problem was their first round was in Baton Rouge. Yes. And they forced Georgia Tech to play them there, and Georgia Tech was yes. higher than them. Yes, they were. They had Mark Price and John Sally, and they had a great basketball team. And, um, and then. Of course, we had to play Alabama, who was tough. They throw that three-two zone on you, and we struggled. We we beat Alabama at Alabama on a last-second shot. Do you know who hit those last-second shots, Oscar? That probably it's probably uh, Walt McComb. We got to fit that in. That's right. I wasn't <laughs> Roger. Sp- I wasn't supposed to take the first one, but after I hit the first one at Alabama, we were supposed to get the ball to Kenny. <laughs> after the game, Coach Charles, I mean Coach Sutton said, "Harden." God Almighty, I love you for hitting that. But the next time, the ball's going to Walker. In my mind, I'm thinking, uh uh-uh, uh, I get the ball to Kenny all the time. So, if I get a look at the end, so, it's going up. So is that where Rob John Rondo loved to listen to the coach? <laughs> as long as you hit him, okay? I hit him. He Yes. But, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was probably the toughest loss in my, in my career because I felt like we were we were we had proven we were a better basketball team better basketball team, but they beat us by two to go to the final four. We I think we squeaked by Alabama. That was a great uh, back and forth game the whole time uh, right there in Atlanta. There in nine. And again, the NCAA changed the rule that That's right. you could not play yes. a team before the yes. regional finals. Yes, if you played them three times. Yes, I played in a lot of. I had I was I was blessed, Oscar. There's another game we haven't talked about. Remember in '84 when we went up to the Cincinnati Gardens? Ooh, do I? And that and, was right after we'd been to Kansas. And the, and we beat we gave Kansas. I don't know if it still stands, but we gave Kansas at that time 
I don't know how bad we beat him, 30-some. Or it was even worse than that, maybe. Larry Brown was out there. The worst beating in Fog Island Fieldhouse. a $13 pot. Did you really? <laughs> Remember after practice? Yes. Everybody puts their change in a bucket and they shoot free throws? Yes. I wanted that day. <laughs> oh, that's right. And then, yes. I, then I turned around and sprained my ankle uh-huh. and didn't even get to the game that night. I had oh. to stay in the hotel till the game was over. Well, that game was over in the first five minutes. We we really put it on Kansas. And um, and then they, they and you go to Cincinnati – we, they take a dollar program, raise the price to five dollars. Yes. They take a dollar yes. fifty coke and make it three dollars. Yes. yes. And then they went into the deep freeze. Yes. And honestly, I don't blame them. If they would have tried to play with us, they they didn't have they didn't have they couldn't they couldn't have played with us. And really, we went to the one three one to speed them up. And um, I don't I can't remember what the final score was, but my senior year, here comes the shot clock, right. <laughs> Television, we can't have that going, which in some ways I disagreed with, but I think all in all it's been good for the basketball game. My senior year was the first year that they put in at, in the beginning. It was a 45-second shot clock. And then the year after I left, they put the three in, which changed the game. Both of those have changed the game. And, um, you know, so the game is, a, is played a whole lot different now. And... Um, Relies a whole lot more on individual ability because you do have the shot clock and boy that the three is a powerful thing to do so it's um, uh, it's a whole different game than when I played. You end up uh, being drafted in the fifth round, mm-hmm. number one hundred fifteen by the Lakers. That's right. That's always which shocked me. Uh, yeah, but uh, we must remember they didn't have thirty teams like they do today. That's true. And uh, so, so where does life lead you after that? Well, actually, I thought I had made it. There was another, uh, there was another guy. Who, if you remember from from Memphis back then, they were Memphis State. Um, Andre Turner. I had made the roster. They had waived everybody, and I was the twelfth player. And another story to tell you: <clears throat> when I got out there, Coach Riley told me that Cliff Hagen, the year before, the Lakers got beat on a last second shot by Ralph Sampson to go to the world championship at L.A. It was a fluke, but he hit it with like one second. He caught it and turned around and hit it. He said if they would have won that year and gone to the championship, Cliff Hagen called him, and Dr. Singletary was the first person they asked, do you want the job? Do you want the job? And he said if they would have won that year, he would have come to Kentucky to coach the Kentucky Wildcats. But um, after after they waived me, I think I was there about six weeks. I came back and was uh, on the staff with Coach Sutton. Uh, was at practice every day, sat on the bench. The next year I, I was a student assistant as well. And uh, during that season, my, my father was in an automobile accident and um, at age 45 years old and almost took his life. He was in a coma. They had just moved from Indiana to Boston. He was getting ready to almost, I think, he was going to be promoted eventually to be the president. And that kind of changed my whole family dynamic. I wanted to coach. At that time, I was a single father as well. My son was living in Frankfurt. So coaching to me, the way that I was raised, I was raised on the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and I was raised on basketball. And it was in that order. And at that time, I was going to be a dad first. I had the opportunity to go to Oklahoma State, but it was going to take me away from my father and my son at that time. So I was, I had a, I had a, I had a, I was on the fast track to become a college basketball coach. And it changed my life dramatically. So I moved back to Indiana and eventually got into the sporting good business, went to Reebok, for, worked for Reebok several years, which kind of gives me some insight uh, into what's going on in today's climate because the the shoe companies and the and the television networks have had in my opinion way too much influence on recruiting and on basketball and pretty much stayed in the sporting good business went to work for converse for two years started my own company made a lot of money lost a lot of money (laughs) and eventually we um my wife and i who's from williamstown kentucky Five years ago, we were living in Lexington to move up there to be closer to her family. Her her mother and father were having some health issues, 
So we wanted to be close to, uh, I've got three, three daughters and a son, and we moved to Williamstown, and at that time, the, the, the local high school job, Williamstown High School's got about 225 students, 9 through 12. The job was open, and I got to coach, and it was five of the greatest years of my life. I got to learn how to coach, uh, fought an uphill battle, but we really, the last two or three years, we I really had to build it and spend a lot of time in it. Um, the high school didn't have a big commitment to athletics, but that's okay. It didn't really matter to me. I was back in the gym. I got to go back to that first great love of mine that you have to leave. And um, I'm not coaching this year. My youngest daughter is a is a senior at Walton Verona. She plays basketball. She runs track. I don't want to miss any of those because you can't get those years back. So I'm going to watch that and. God willing, maybe I'll coach again. I'd like at some point, and I don't have any illusions of coaching at a big college somewhere, but maybe if I could get on as as an assistant somewhere at a small school or somewhere just to be back in the gym, the ability to to work with young kids, to be able to help them. I've lived the dream that they've all wanted to live, to, to, to be somebody there, to believe in them, to mentor them, teach them the game. Uh, be a part of a unit. I remember it was about four or five years after I got done playing basketball, I visited Coach Hall at Central Bank, and he was talking about what he was doing, and he was excited, but he said, Roger, and he, you know, he always was interested in knowing what I was doing. He said, you'll never get the same charge or the same adrenaline that I couldn't find it outside of the game of basketball. And I feel the same way. That's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning and the passion and everything. So God willing, if I can do that in a year, that's what I want to do, get back into the game. Let me get your thoughts a little bit about some of the things that's throughout your career, throughout your life. Uh Uh, Who's the most influential person in your life? My mother. She's, my mother is, everything you know <clears throat> when uh i probably call her four or five times a week now and uh your parents are the people that are going to be there when the ball stops bouncing and really when you play at such a high level when you play at the university of kentucky and you're not fortunate to stay in my situation in the nba my life circumstances didn't allow me to stay in the game by my code i couldn't put basketball before being a father or being there for my father when he needed me the most so it took me away from the game but uh, they're always going to be there for you and and you go through a period of adjustment oscar when you get done playing at the university of kentucky you know everybody leaves some people leave you still have your relationships and you got two things that you can do and my parents were there for me for this you can you can mourn the fact that it was over and that it wasn't what you wanted it to be, which is an NBA career or something of that sort, or you can just be happy that you got to experience it. And it probably took me six or seven years. I was probably 30 years old before I was able to just say, wow, I'm just happy I got to have that type of life and be thankful for it and don't don't mourn the fact that this didn't go this way or you didn't get to shoot the ball more or you didn't get to play in the NBA longer or you didn't get to stay coaching. You just need to to say be happy that it happened and be thankful that it happened because, goodness gracious, how many kids, how many players would have loved to have experienced some of the things that you get to experience at the University of Kentucky. So <clears throat> I'm thrilled, and I my relationship with you, when I saw you today, I haven't talked to you in years. I run into you, and we talk just like it was yesterday. All of these people throughout the state that I've got to meet have remained friends throughout my entire life. The guy that married me was a pastor up in Williamsburg, Kentucky. He, he used to write me. I used to go and share my faith when I was in college, and I ran across him. He ended up marrying me years later. And just some of those things that you, the relationships that you have 
uh, are the most important things that I have in my life today. So, but, but without question, it would, it would be my mother. If you had it to do over, is there anything you would do different? Up to this you know, I, 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 I don't look back. I think when you look back, you, you're, you're going to up your dose of Prozac or some other antidepressant that you're on. I think when you look back in that way, what would I have done differently? I think there was a time when I did that, Oscar, about decisions I made, whether it was the school or uh, this life decision or that life decision. So at my age, I'm 53 years old, I've stopped looking back. I don't look back anymore. And when I do, it's to remember the, the wonderful things that I've got to experience. When you were playing, mm -hmm. where was the best arena you like to play at outside your home arenas? Outside Rupp Arena and mm -hmm. Freedom Hall. Was there a favorite arena on the road? I love playing at Freedom Hall. I got to play there in the All-Star game when I was Mr. Basketball, and I think we played there my junior year i only got to play there against louisville there my junior year of course we we always had one game a year we played kansas down there one year i love that arena the three the, some of the toughest arenas that i played in were, uh, as far as as noise without question was we played north carolina state my against valvano my senior year that was a very difficult place to play and playing at kansas was a very, though we had success there that was a nightmare i mean those of course, LSU in its heyday was a tough place to play. Um, but without question, Rupp Arena was was the greatest place in the world to play a game of basketball. Best game of your career? Best game of my career? Uh, my most memorable one was uh, even above hitting a few game winners was playing in that Houston game. That was the first game that year I didn't start. And when I came in, uh, I think we were down 11-1. to 1. They moved JB to the point who was not a point, but I was struggling. And I came in, and I, I started to find my game. I think I played with less pressure on myself. I put too much pressure on myself. I always felt like I was letting my team down. That was a great game to be a part of, that Houston game. That was very memorable to be on the court with all that. Hall of Fame talent. The one game you'd like to most forget? Obviously, that would probably be my last game, would be the LSU game where they beat us the fourth time we played them. Yeah. I'll never get over that game, ever. I'll never get over that game. And the amazing thing with that is I think Kentucky had as good a shot as anybody winning that championship that year. I, I, I think we were the best team. I know we, we would have played Louisville. Of course, they won it that year, which made it even more of a you painful had beaten loss. Them in December. We had beaten them in December. Uh, they were a different team. We were a different team. Um, I've talked to Coach Sutton about that game. He's thought a lot about that game. And Coach Sutton, I, you know, when I watch a game now, I love to watch the way coaches operate. I always look for the in-game moves and stuff. And at that time, Coach Sutton was probably 95% man-to-man. And if uh, later in his career, he zoned more. And I think he felt like if he would have gone to the zone maybe 15 to 20% of the time that game because they spread us out. We like to get in the passing lanes. We made it difficult for people to run their offense because we were so quick defensively. Uh, they spread us out. They scored most of their points the last four or five minutes on backdoor cuts, and you can't get that uh, against a zone. And I think he felt like if he would have zoned more that game, um, we, we would have made we would have made it to the next the next step. Best player, college player, you ever competed against? Competed against? Played against? Hmm. That's a tough one because we played against so many great ones. Um, probably the one that 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 we probably Elijah won. I think he he altered shots. I mean, you know, if you got past their guards, which I did a couple of times, <laughs> taking it to the rack. Let me tell you something. I had no intention of trying to throw a floater over Akeem. Okay, I was always looking for whoever he was coming off help side defense with. But I think Elijah won. You just felt his presence on both ends of the floor, and he could run the floor so well. Yeah. Best team you played against? Best team we, we pl I played against? 
uh, I would say it was probably, it was, it was probably the can my senior year, we went out to Kansas in, in, in one of our four losses. It was a regular season game. We went out there relatively early and they had remembered what we did to them two years ago. I think they beat us 18. They went to the final four that year. They had dryling. They had, they had, boy, were they loaded. I would say that was probably the best team that we played against. Best coach you ever faced? The best coach we ever faced? Mm, I would say it was probably Larry Brown. I thought he, he did a great job with it. Um, you always had to be – you always had to be ready for Dale Brown because he he you know they threw the freak defense on us in the last game which was really nothing but a two three zone with a few changes in their rotation but um, you always had to be you always had you always had to be ready for that uh, let me back that up the best the, the coach that I feared the most was Denny Crum because Denny Crum was going to do something during the game that you were going to have to adjust to. So I feared Denny Crum probably the most. Absolutely. This is sort of a hypothetical question, but is there one thing you've done in your life that you would consider the worst decision you ever made in your life? The worst decision I ever made? Hmm. Not... You know, I've, 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 um, not really. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, now it doesn't mean that it was always the right decision. Okay. I want, I want to preface that, that Roger Harden's made a lot of bad decisions. Okay. Now I, I, I come back with that on saying, what is the best decision you've ever made in your life? Uh, to give my life to Jesus Christ and to follow him all the days of my life which I haven't done faithfully. But, um, you know, my faith has always been central part, and uh, it's got me through a lot of difficult times. I've, I lost my, my younger brother. I've been through a lot of suffering since I got done playing at basketball with my father. I've lost some very dear friends. I've lost three teammates to death um, that I was very close to. Um, gone through some financial problems. Um, um and other than that, the best decision I've made was to ask Gina Gutman to marry me. I've got love in my life. I got a wonderful marriage. I got a wife that loves me, and so I know I have that the rest of my life. I got, I got, I got two great dogs. I got wonderful children, and I love being a dad. I've loved being a dad. Um, so I don't. Um, I've got it really good. Oh, think life is good for me. I'm going to go through some names here. Okay. People in the past. Just yeah. a short two or three words about. Absolutely. Whatever. Uh, you'll recognize them all. I'm, I'm going to start with some people close to the program, but not necessarily in it. Mm-hmm. Steve Raritan. Steve Raritan. What a man. What a kind, gentle man. Uh, made all of our, made all of our uh, games. Uh, and that was one thing coach would let him ride on the bus. We got to know him. He was always so kind. It didn't matter how bad you played. He wanted to win. He was a competitor, but he he was always so encouraging to us, and you knew he was always going to show up, and he'd always believe in that the Wildcats were going to win the next basketball game. It didn't matter who we are, but a faithful friend, a faithful fan, and epitomizes the fan at the University of Kentucky. Always will be. Bob Wiggins. Bob Wiggins. Gosh. What can I say about Bob Wiggins? <laughs> what do you want me to say about Bob Wiggins? I mean, they were they were they were sort of partners, weren't they? Yes, I mean, he it was Batman and it was Batman and Robin. I mean, they were the same. Bob was a little more outgoing yes. than Steve was. Um, always always friendly, always kind. And another thing, they were boys. We had a lot of dapper dressed people around. They always. He had. A, they both had a charisma to him. Bob had a charisma to him, and um, uh, another great, a, another great fan. I'll tell you. Um, 
He's, uh, I've, I bumped into him a few times afterwards. Of course, I left the state in 89, but uh, another uh, legend. You know, we ought to have a fan hall of fame. You know that? Bob Wiggins would definitely be in it. You, you, we talked about him earlier, but an opportunity to give us one line that best describes Happy Channel. Happy Chandler, wow, full of life, loved people, loved the state of Kentucky, loved people, I mean, uh, generous with his, with his time, um, a true original, happy, happy Chandler, tremendous. Walt McCombs. Walt McCombs, legend. I got so many Walt McCombs stories. Everybody that played at Kentucky. Walt McCombs was without question the coolest trainer, athletic trainer you could ever ask for. Now, he 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 was funny. He was he didn't take anything off of us, but uh encouraging. He was a friend. Uh Walt McCombs, um just a wonderful person. Love Walt McCombs. Bill Kitely. Bill Kitely. Wow, Mr. Bill. You know, he was one of those people that was, um, gosh, you drew inspiration from him. Uh, his commitment to what he did, his commitment to the, athlete, to the basketball program, his loyalty. Mr. Bill was loyal to the end. And that was, that was something, if you play for Coach Hall, let me tell you something. You understood loyalty. Now, I'm not sure everybody was as loyal to Coach Hall as he was to them, and that's not a knock on the people around him. That's more of a compliment towards Coach Hall. But one thing you learned if you played for Coach Hall, that was loyalty. Dr. V.A. Jackson. Dr. Jackson uh, lived at the, on the other side of the Wildcat Lodge. Now, now, let me just say this. Okay, you're throwing names out here, Oscar. I, this all goes back to Coach Hall. Coach Hall had such quality people in the basketball program. Him and his wife, missionaries, great influence on us. Doc Jackson, if you had a nailman or something, you'd go to. But Doc Jackson was somebody you went and talked to. If you had something going on in your life, you always knew Doc Jackson was going to be there to give you love, but he was going to be tough love, too. He was going to give you the right way to go. What a man. Um, Eddie Sutton. Love Eddie Sutton. Uh, I, You know, one thing when you're in the transition between coaches, not everybody, you play for a coach for three years and then you play for another coach. It's very difficult. You go through a personal dilemma. I want, I, and with the way Roger Harden was raised, I'm going to be loyal to both. I'm going to love them both the same. And if I say something very good about Eddie Sutton or I was excited that I got to play for Eddie Sutton, that didn't mean that I wasn't excited or just as proud to play for Joe B. Hall. And some of us that got caught in that transition went through a period where if we say something good about Coach Sutton, no, some people would re refer that as that we preferred it. No, I was blessed to play for two Hall of Fame basketball coaches. Coach Sutton had a tremendous influence on me. He believed in me. He believed enough on me to let me become an assistant basketball coach. Could have gone to Oklahoma State with him. I'm just sorry that 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 the state and our fans got to, had to suffer from some of the decisions he made, which he regrets. But great basketball mind, wonderful person, loved people, loved his teammates, loved his players. And I'll follow up with Joe Hall. Joe Hall? Joe Hall, I'm going to tell you about Coach Hall. <clears throat> Coach Hall was a renaissance man. He was those last of those coaches. I, I, I can't, I, I am, uh, you know, the what he did for Kentucky basketball, the way he marketed Kentucky basketball, only Cal since Coach Hall has learned how to market it nationally and to be creative and do some of the things that uh, Coach Hall has done. But even just look at what Coach Hall did after he got done coaching with his coaching show. And one of the greatest things, I'll never forget, he had me on his coaching show. I went downtown to be on it. 
and he had that picture of him and Denny sharing a box of popcorn. And I had been out of the state. I was living in Indiana at the time. And I was looked at him. I said, Coach, what what is that picture? I mean, I felt like, you know, is the war over now, right? <laughs> but one of the great things that Coach Hall did and Denny Crum did was they came together for the state of Kentucky. It's not that they still don't love their program. It still doesn't mean that we want to beat them as bad as they could. But I thought it did a lot for the state to bring a little bit of civility to the to the rivalry and to bring it was for the better good of the state. But on, not only on top of that, but I mean, I'm going to tell you about uh, Coach Hall. If I call Coach Hall or if any of his former players that played Coach Hall, it doesn't matter whether you sat the bench, whether you played, whatever it is, he answers his phone. Another thing that people don't realize, when Coach Hall was the, was the coach here, his number was in the phone book. That blew my mind, okay? And he would take your call. But Coach Hall, if you want something done to this day, he's going to drop everything he can, whether it's to, to help you get a job, uh, whether he whatever he can do for you, he's going to do it. Uh, his commitment to his players has lasted longer and will last to the, to the day that he takes his dying breath. So I think the world of him, he's still, he's an icon. Nobody ever that coached at the University of Kentucky did more for the state of Kentucky for causes, good causes, raising money, opening up our basketball program to the fans, making us accessible, taking us across the state to play preseason games. I don't know how many basketballs we signed for them, how many autographs we signed on basketballs that they would send to the basketball office when Coach Hall was there. Uh, the state uh, owes him a, a debt of gratitude, and to this day I still don't think that we realize – what a great basketball coach, and even more, what an ambassador he was for the, for our basketball program to the country. I want to take you through your teammates, just a little short couple All right. of words of each one of yep. them. Paul Andrews. High cotton, top quality guy, uh, very good basketball player. But it, when you anybody that played with Paul Andrews knows – Paul Andrews is about as high-character guy that you could ever ask for. Leroy Bird. <laughs> Same boat. But Leroy Bird, I'm what I love playing with Leroy Bird. He, was, he, he, he backed me up my senior year, crowd favorite. He was a teammate favorite. He had a great sense of humor, didn't take himself too serious. You could cut on him being small. You know, when we go out, people would call him, you know, Webster, there was a, a sitcom out called Webster of a little black kid on television during that era. He that all rolled off his back. Great human being. Did he love being called Baby Magic? Love being called Baby. And believe me, when he got in, he knew how to get twenty four thousand off their seats because he was going to do something. He was going to turn up the D. And there was a lot of games that we were stagnant, and Coach Sutton would put him in, or Coach Hall would put him in and would get the crowd back in it, and that would be the spark that would get us rolling. Many times, and Leroy Bird made that happen for the University of Kentucky basketball team. And I bet you there wouldn't be one out of 50 Kentucky fans that is younger than 40 years old that would know that Baby Magic played for Jerry Tarkanian. Yes, he did. NLV yes, he did. Before he tried to That's right. He certainly did. Yep. James Blackman. Uh, talk to JB all the time. Uh, one, really, everybody that I played with were great guys. I mean, but probably athletically, his freshman year, he would have been a one and done. You know, he had his knee injury, and I think he probably never got back to where he was as a freshman. But James Blackman was was one of those guys. I'll never forget. I said after I saw him playing over at the Seton Center my freshman year, and I had played against him in high school. They beat us in the Sweet 16 uh, my junior year. No, my yeah, my junior year. But um, I, I called home. I said, well, if they play him at point, I'll be backing him up. He was awesome. Winston Bennett. Ultimate warrior. You know, Coach Hall loved him. He, we, he always wanted us to play as tough as Winston. I mean, he backed down from nobody. He was our enforcer. He could – let me tell you something. Winston Bennett was a great offensive basketball player too. He could make it happen, and he played such. He played great defense. Uh, was a never had a bad practice. Never had a bad energy game. Todd Ziegler. 
love Todd Ziegler. Uh, it, Zig, in my opinion, uh, should have maintained on the team, made a bad decision. Uh, but I, uh, one thing that I, I I always loved Coach Sutton, but I thought I thought he made a bad a bad decision in not letting Todd continue on his scholarship. And he was a very good basketball player, quality guy. Talked to him a couple of nights ago. One of the great guys, and uh, has gone on to be very very successful in the banking industry, and had a nice career up at Western. Cedric Jenkins, swoop. I mean, come on. Uh, let me tell you something. Cedric Jenkins grew up in Georgia, had a, had a wonderful all of all. You get to know all everybody's mom and dad. He came from such a wonderful family. Uh, great businessman today. Uh, honest as the day is long. Uh, very kind person. Very selfless. Uh, honestly, I thought probably should have got more playing time. I thought he had a great career at the University of Kentucky, but I I felt like maybe uh, we left a little bit on the table by not uh, getting a little bit more out of Cedric because I thought he had more to give that we uh, we never got to see. Rob Locke. Great guy. Uh, a lot of people don't know, hey, Locke had a little stint with the Clippers, and he had a great career over in uh, in Europe. And uh, he, um, uh, matter of fact, talked to him a couple of nights ago as well. Uh, uh, he's got a great business down in Florida right now. Uh, um, and, and let me tell you something about Rob Locke. Rob Locke could play. You know, we all grew. We That group, those guys that you just mentioned right there, we got to play as freshmen. And they got to play as freshmen. And generally during that era, freshmen didn't get to play. So they got to see a lot of growing pains with Rob Locke. But Rob Locke, you know, for, for, for to be able to be drafted by the L.A. Clippers and stuff like that, Rob Block was a very underrated basketball player. Master Blaster, Richard Madison. Mm, Master Blaster. Where is Master Blaster? I think he's in Memphis now. I, I have tried to look up Richard Madison, my roommate my junior year, one, one of the greatest roommates of all time, the most happy-go-lucky guy. He was a phantom. He had, He could play baseball. He could play football. He just was more interested in having a good time, and I was blessed to be his roommate because we had a lot of good times. But when he showed up, he put on a show. He was athletic, but a great but a great kid. He was a big kid is what he was. Irving Thomas. Irving Thomas, wow. But, uh, regrettably, he left. Um, ended up playing in the NBA, had a great uh, – uh, uh, career down at Florida State, uh, hard worker, loved the game. He was a student of basketball, and um, I regret I only got to play with Irving one year, but uh, uh, we uh, probably would have been better off if Irving uh, Thomas would have stayed and played basketball for us. Yeah, he's still a scout with the Lakers. Yes, yeah. yes, he got to know Magic early. One of the guys that we've lost along the way, mm-hmm. Eddie Davender. Eddie D. Brooklyn. Grew up tough, great defender, uh, great person. Um, made some decisions afterwards that probably people were remembering by regrettably, other than the fact that he was a, he was a great teammate. Um, one thing about Eddie, though, is if you get him the ball on the break, it ain't coming back out. It was going up, right? <laughs> Jim Master. Wow, Jim Master. Now, Jim was, when I was a freshman, I got to play with him two years. And could sh- Jim Master was highly great, had a great career here, I thought. Had a, has a great career now. Got all kind of money, uh, living the life. But Jim Master was a great human being. I mean, he could shoot the rock, and he was highly underrated. A lot of people thought he couldn't play defense. He was a great defender. And uh, I, I can't say enough about Jim Master. Jim Master is a big reason why a lot of us kept us Indiana boys kept coming. Um, but he was uh, was 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 billed to be the next Kyle Macy, which I think he was he was probably had a little little better jump shot than Kyle, and that's saying a lot because I'm not saying Kyle couldn't shoot the rock, okay? But it was awful crowded, Oscar. 
during those years, guys that were coming out of high school, highly rated, you know, we were waiting your turn. And in the interim, you know, you, you You lost a little bit. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Derek Horton. Maybe the highest quality character guy I ever played with. One of the greatest basketball players. I would put him right up there with James Blackman. I remember reading about him coming out of high school. A lot of people felt like he was the best player in the country coming out. Um, I know things didn't turn out the way, ultimately the way that I think we all thought they should have for Derek. But there's not a greater guy, a finer human being, or a finer representative in the community than Derek Hord. Great man. Dirk Minifield. Dirk Minifield, I will never forget playing against Dirk Minifield as a freshman. For, of course, I got to play in the first Midnight Mad, uh, Midnight Madness. It was my freshman year. And, and a lot of people don't realize the, what Midnight Madness back then, what Oscar was for, was for the students. Only the students came to those first two or three because they were always upset about their seating, and they were right, okay, and this was Coach Hall's way of connecting us. So it was at midnight. Very few outside of the, uh, you know, outside of the campus came. That was all students, okay. Of course, now the coach also says that the players were getting so lethargic, lethargic uh-huh. and not wanting to practice. That the only way you can get them practice is get students in there to show how bad. <laughs> yeah, he said that a lot, okay. But I'm not sure he meant it. I think he was motivating us. But let me say this. Uh, that first night of Midnight Madness, I was I I I got stripped twice in my four year. I got the ball stolen from me twice, but the first Midnight Magic uh, Madness that I played in, he and Dickie Bill pressed me. Jim Mas they put me on with Jim Master. Jim Master would throw the ball in and go to the other end of the floor, and I had to try to bring it up against Minifield and Bill. And to this day, every time I see Dickie Bill, I'm like, why'd you do that? They stripped me three straight times. It got to the point. That Coach Hall said, "You guys just move back, okay? Just, just, just go. On. Let him bring it up, okay? They broke me the first night, all right. But Dirk Minfield was as tough as nails, athletic as all get out. Probably could have played the two guard as well as the one, but was a great leader. Dirk, Dirk was a great leader for our basketball team. Did you ever see a greater dunk at Rupp Arena no. than the one against Mississippi, Mississippi State? State? Yes." I saw that a lot, Oscar. I was I got on the bad side of some of those in practice, believe me. Another player we lost along the way, a really great friend too, along with Eddie. Charles Hurt. Yeah. Wow. What Al McGuire say about Charles Hurt? Built like black built from black granite. Sculpted. But was a kind he was an enforcer on the floor, but off the floor. Everybody respected Charles. Had came from wonderful parents, Shelbyville, Kentucky. A lot of people don't realize what a a a stellar military career he had. You know, he was over in Saudi Arabia in some of our intelligence. I ran into him after we invaded Panama. He was involved in that when we took out Noriega. But um went the military route, but Charles Hurt was epitomized the toughness of of, uh, Kentucky basketball in the 80s. Todd May. Todd May. I love Todd May. Mr. Basketball, the same year I was in Kentucky. Virgie, Kentucky. Ended up, transferred. But me and Kenny Walker have always said in our four years, if for some reason Todd would have stayed, and he left early in his freshman year, before Christmas. Before Christmas. And he was getting pretty good time for a freshman. But he had not been to uh, outside of eastern Kentucky much. He was homesick. He was homesick a lot. But uh, I've never saw a guy be able to shoot the ball left-handed as well as he could right-handed. He had a knack for the game. But just one, just a tremendous – he was a great kid. I mean, he was a great teammate. Me and him were close. I'm sorry he made that decision, but but if he would have stayed, particularly either my junior or senior year, what he would have given us, he would have been a, he he probably could have had 
one of those banners up in the rafter with his number. That's how good I thought Todd May was. Dickie Bill. Dickie Bill, the fastest human I've ever seen. But what I liked about Dickie was he taught me perseverance. He taught me how to come back from being nowhere his senior year, how you can come back from an injury, and he struggled with that injury, both physically and psychologically. But uh, the way he led us the last half of that season and the person that he was, always laughing, always having a good time, but but was a great leader. And one thing about Dickie Bill is he always says it like it is. There's nothing uh, plastic about Dickie Bill. If something's on his mind or – Something need to be called out. Dickie Bill would do it, and I always appreciate that about Dickie. Corey McKinley. Maybe the best shooter I've ever played with. Could just flat out shoot the rock. Just uh, And a good, a good guy. I know he got into law enforcement, but he's in education now up in northern Kentucky. And, uh, you know, he's another one of those guys, Oscar, if he would have gone maybe to a mid-level school somewhere, He'd probably be one of the all-time leading scorers at one of those schools. and uh, But was is a high school, uh, Kentucky high school basketball legend here. I mean, what he did, the way he led a team. Uh, every time we'd play Simon Kenton at Williamstown, uh, you'd see that team, that historic team that he played on, and to shoot the percentage. I think he was like 64% from the field a senior year. That's unbelievable. Fellow Hoosier, Tommy Hatz. Great guy, Tom Heights. <laughs> Tom, God love him. He was at my my younger brother's funeral. A great friend. Tom Heights has great empathy for people. He uh, was always the best dressed guy on the team. He lost his brother when he was in college, and um, was a great teammate. Always played hard in practice. I mean, nobody played harder than Tom Heights. No one loved being a part of Kentucky basketball as much and appreciated at the moment. When you're in there, you kind of take it for granted. When you got all these people talking about you and you've had a storied career, let me tell you something. You have a sense of delusion, okay, and you lose sight of what's before you and to enjoy it while it lasts. Tom Heights was one of those guys that didn't do that. Roger? We're coming to the big three now. Mm-hmm. The big three. Yes. Let's start out with Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. Well, <clears throat> my he was my sophomore roommate. Without question, the funniest human being I've ever been around. I mean, I'll never forget when we went to the to the uh Houston game on down, and we rode together down to Rep Arena, and he started talking about Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> he said, "Rumi, he's messing with my money. I'm telling you, he's he's messing with my draft status." He said, "I don't care if he's killed deer, uh, lions with spears or whatever, wherever he's come from, he's messing with Boo's money." And tonight, um, he said, "He said tonight, I'm going to take care of that brother." All right, yeah, I think he, I think Boo had like 19 rebounds on him. Okay. But without question, one of the most funniest human beings. Very kind, very gracious. Every time I see Sam, he stops. And his son played at Sayre, and we were in tournaments that that they were in. And he, he would always come around give me a hug. And uh, Sam Bowie's always got at least seven or $800 in cash in his pocket as well. Uh, loved, the, loved to go out to the ponies and bet those. That's well known. He's in the horse business as well. But 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 just uh, his personality, even above and beyond what a great basketball career he had, anybody that comes into contact with Sam Bowie, you always feel like maybe you might be one of his best friends. He makes everybody feel that way. Whether you call him the Big Dipper or Dinner Bell Male. Yeah. Or Lovable Melvin Turpin. Yeah. Well, without question, <clears throat> as a point guard, I will say – when I first came here, I didn't know how to throw an alley hoop. I mean, my tallest guy was six four, and I'll get to Kenny Walker here in a minute. But he could go up and get it, without question, the best offensive basketball player I ever played with. But outside of that, Melvin Turpin was a teddy bear. 
and and we grew closer. I only got to play with him for two years, but wow, from coming from Brian Station and just being nothing but a seven footer with what Coach Hall and his staff did with him, for him to be a lottery pick with the Cavaliers. Um, and I remember running into him afterwards, and he's like, hey, man, after he signed that contract, hey, Slim, he called me Slim. He said, you got me the ball. You need anything right now? <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I don't not, Right now I'm good with the money. But, but, but just, a, just a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, I want to say something. Um, um, his wife, uh, at the end of his life, uh, loved that man. Um, and, and my memory's as long as my hair right now. Oscar, and that's not very good. I forget her name, but he was blessed. He he ended his life with somebody that loved him truly, and um, he battled. Uh, um, what did he have at the end? Uh, depression. Yeah, he was dep- Yeah, he he suffered from depression, and um, but but he was diabetes. a wonderful guy. And diabetes. I think the diabetes. May, but but uh, loved people. Uh, used to see him at, at, at the Lady Cat games. Of course, it's not the Lady Cats anymore. It's Kentucky Hoops. We used to go there. We used to sit together. Everybody that came up there, he was always friendly to the kids and gave him an autograph. But just a great guy. Proud to have known him. And, of course, Skywalker. Skywalker. Maybe my best friend of, of any of the guys that I played with. I'll never forget the first time. That I went to alumni gym when I got to the University of Kentucky. Me and him went and shot around. And at the end, he said, you know, do you want to throw me a couple alley-oops? And I said, okay, I'll, I've never thrown one. I, we, we, there was nobody on my team. I threw some when I was at camp. And I threw one. It was right about rim level. And he looked at me and said, no, you got to throw a little higher. I said, well, how high do you want me to throw it? He said, throw it halfway between the top of the backboard and the top of the square. I thought, well, now come on. Okay. And when I threw that, and he went up and got it. Now, there's guys when you learn, when you're throwing alley oops to these high risers, you learn there's some you got to thread the needle, there's some you got to lead them. But it didn't matter where I threw an alley oop to Kenny Walker, it could be behind him. But when he went up there, head over the rim, and caught that and dunked it there was my mind went blank it was just like quiet i had never seen a human being do that but kenny walker was a great leader because he led by example he never held himself above the rest of his teammates uh the way that he comported himself around us with the media uh the credit that he gave us of course my he Put me in the record books. My senior year, I made a record that later John Wall broke in assist in a season. Obviously, that was due to Kenny Walker. Okay, I owe that all to Kenny Walker. But Kenny Walker, there'll never be a better basketball player or human being that I ever played with than Kenny Walker. And coming from Roberta, Georgia, I got to know his family, and he was one of the finest human beings I've, I've ever met and, and, and a warrior. I don't know where you want to answer this question or not. Uh-huh. I'll let you pass on if you uh-huh. want to. Yeah. But I got to ask you. Yeah. Not the greatest UK player of all time. Mm-hmm. Because I would never ask a person to include people he didn't see. Mm-hmm. But of the Wildcats you've seen, who's the greatest that you've seen play in your lifetime? Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I keep – obviously, I always hone in on the point guards – and really with the with coach Cal's era uh it just get, keeps getting tougher and tougher to do that i mean in my era cuz i watch, grew up watching kentucky basketball and there afterwards i mean i've watched them all i've been i've been a fan at the barbecue watching them and i've lived and died with them still do to this day but honestly i i I couldn't answer that, not because I don't have an uh, because I don't have an honest opinion about that. I really don't. I I didn't know how we were ever going to get a better point guard than John Wall, and then we get Knight, and then we get we get De'Aaron Fox. I I think is who would I least likely to guard? I mean, De'Aaron Fox coming down on a fast break—that's a very fearful thought. If I'm the guy back, 
Same thing with John Wall and, and, and with just all of, you know all of the players that we've had throughout the years. Oscar, I just honestly, I, cu- I couldn't answer that question. As a former player, mm-hmm. what do you consider the the state of the program today, where it's at today, mm-hmm. where you want to see it go into the future? UK basketball. Well, I hope Coach Cal remains here the rest of his career. I mean, I think um, I'm not going to address the one and done thing because you know I think Coach Cal's made that that argument and. He's been successful with it. Um, The state of the program, I don't think, has ever been better since Joe Hall, frankly. Even the Patino era, I thought that was a great era. Um, But I think with what's happened since then, I think that becomes a little tinted, to be quite honest with you, as a Kentucky fan. But as far as the integrity of the basketball program, the imagination, the way that Coach Cal continues to – take it to higher levels. I've not seen that, to be quite honest with you, since Coach Hall. The only thing that concerns me as a fan is when I hear Coach Cal say, you know, I can't do this forever. You know, he he's alluded a couple of times that he, you know, you can't do this. And sometimes I wonder why, because uh, he's a college coach. And he, you can tell he enjoys what he does. So I hope there's not something that is behind the scenes. I, I think a lot about that, and I think, wow, I, I, I wonder why he feels that way. If he's being constrained or something, uh, if, he, if some things aren't the way that I think he wants them to be. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what his relationship is with the athletic department. I'm sure it's very good. Let's be honest. Where would we be without, without Coach Cal? I mean, he's been the star of that athletic bas- of that not only the basketball program nationally, but, but of the entire uh, athletic program. So I hope that the administration does anything and everything they can to keep Coach Cal, the ba- head basketball coach at the University of Kentucky, as long as he wants to be. And if there's some things that he wants to go a different direction in, hopefully we'll all get behind him. And I don't know that there is or that there isn't, but I can't think of another place, particularly with uh, what goes on in the NBA. I mean, if you go there, they don't care what you did in college. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be successful in the NBA. Who wouldn't want to play for Coach Cal? Who wouldn't want that relationship and, and, the, and the passion that he has and the belief that he has in his players and relationship? But, but I, I would be very, very, very sad if Coach Cal ever leaves, and I hope we do everything we can to keep him the head basketball coach at the University of Kentucky. And he's done a wonderful job of any coach as a former player. The best thing a a former player can do is stay out of the way. Don't go down to the basketball office and and hang around or try to get involved or call there or ask for tickets. The best thing we can do as former players is support them in our communities that we're in you get asked to get on a call-in show or something, don't start mouthing off about something you disagree with, okay? But Coach Cal has done so many wonderful things, and I've never met him. I've never spoke to him. But if he does something for Kenny Walker or Sam Bowie, and particularly the way that he's embraced Coach Hall, you're doing that to all the players that have played there. And he's done a remarkable job, better than anybody that's coached there, to make people feel like, you know, I get an invitation to Big Blue Madness and in in, in, in they do an outreach for the, the, the old dogs can come back and, and partake in that. Wow, that means the world to us, okay? So he leaves no stone unturned. He is a master, and hopefully we'll, we'll get to keep Coach Cowles long. I'm proud of him, and I'm proud of what he does for these kids. I really am. And he's very personable. I think he's the most personable with our fans. And to listen to him after the – he's very transparent afterwards. As a coach going through some struggles, if you want to feel frustration, that second year he was here, it was my second year as a high school coach, and I'd listen to him. I'd listen. i hang on every word that he would say, hoping to get a little wisdom. He'd be just as frustrated being number 
10 in the country as I was when I'd won three games that year. And he was upset about this and he's upset about that. But we love his passion and we love the fact that he, he gets Kentucky basketball and he's embraced the people of Kentucky and he's taken us to, to greater heights. Roger, it's been a pleasure. Great to be with you. We got to get together more often. Always good to remember old times. Yes. Your father was yes. such a great friend. He was. Is. Thank you. I'd like to ask you one last question. Yes. And that is, how would you like for Big Blue Nation to remember you when they dig through history books 20, 30, 40 years from now? <laughs> uh, that he was selfless. I, I, I scored a lot in high school, and I, I realized that if I was going to be a part, uh, integral part of Kentucky basketball, I had to be a facilitator, and that the most important thing to me was to win, and the way that I carried myself off of the floor, because one thing Coach Hall really talked to us about was what a great influence we had on kids. And coaching high school basketball, I know what impact Kentucky basketball has on the grassroots level. And not only represented that, but also represented the guy that, that, that so much loves me. And uh, so I appreciate that. And Oscar, I want to tell you, you have gotten better with age before we get off. I want to I want to commend first of all you got a guy on this podcast that teased it up for you Bo wonderful I mean he is the Ed McMahon I mean this guy is tremendous okay I can't I get excited listening to him intro and I think it's wonderful secondly your Twitter these podcasts I'm sure people are enjoying these um, and I want to tell you that you as well as anybody have been integral in Kentucky basketball history with starting the Cat's Paws. You're a historian. The way you carry yourself, you have nothing but kind things to say about each other, uh, people. You give guys like me an opportunity to come back here and reminisce. And I want to tell you, you've been every bit as, uh, and I think the people of Kentucky feel that way about you as well. And I want to tell you, it's an honor to, to be able to call myself a friend. It's all my honor. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. For more with Roger Harden, check out episode 11 of our podcast series where Oscar and Roger talk about college athletics and the shoe industry. And for more with Roger, our previous episode with Roger Harden is episode 27, Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's. A couple ways to ensure that you never miss a podcast from Oscar is to subscribe to his podcast. For Android users in the Google Play Store, search for at Wildcat News and subscribe. And for iPhone users, go to iTunes, go to podcasts, and search for Ed Wildcat News and subscribe. And you'll never miss an episode. And for more from Oscar, you can go to oscarcombs.com or follow him on Twitter at Wildcat News. I'm Bo Robinson thanking you for listening to episode 28, Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's, and his guest, Roger Harden. And as always, go Big Blue. <laughs>